amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. You are now about to witness the strength. Real sports guys. It's the people's radio. It's all the G in your headphones. Allow me to introduce the illustrious Queen Anne. Marcus the Game Changer. The Seventh Jackson. D. Will. The Ill Executive. He's like, he's like Shug Knight without the anger management issues. Bill P, the sports, P-A-C. This dude is coming at you from all angles. He's got, he's got all the bases covered. Uh, there's not a whole lot about sports his brother don't know. Can you dig it, sucker? Featuring. I blame it on Nintendo. It's <laughs> definitely a gin party around here. Definitely a gin party. Don't bring any Kool-Aid. It don't get no better than this, baby. I want winners. You guys act like it. Pick it up a little bit. Okay? Get your chin up. Smile. Smile. Anybody can be peace. Don't get no more realer. Welcome to the Real Sports Guys. This is Phil T. Sports PhD on the line with you. I am, as the game changer would say, one third of the illustrious booth. Um, my man Marcus, the game changer, and Devon are on sabbatical this week. But rest assured, we got a nice lineup of guest hosts with me in the booth this week. Um, I was I was talking to D. Wills earlier in the week, and I told him like, man, you know, if you go back to the old school Pistons teams. Okay, Isaiah was the point guard. 
you know, he he directed traffic. He, he initiated the offense. He had everything going. That's like the game changer. But then every once in a while, Isaiah will be out. And Joe Dumars will take over the point. Joe Dumars was best as a two-guard, but he handled his business when he had to. And then in the rare, in the rare event, when Joe Dumars was out and Isaiah was out, you had to put Vinny Johnson at the point guard. And nobody would confuse Vinny with a point guard. Well, that's me tonight. I'm rolling the Vinny Johnson slot, doing my thing, doing my best. It's been a while since I've uh, been handling traffic here. But I got two guys on the wing here that I've worked with before and looking forward to having them in the booth. The first guy is my man down in Atlanta. Justin Page, our resident NBA guy. What's going on, JP? Man, ATL, Shouty, happy to be here. Couldn't, couldn't, wouldn't rather be anywhere else, man. Thanks for having me, RSG fans. I'm glad to be here. Glad to have a great show. Let's get it. So JP disclosed in the pre-show that he is uh, not quite having one of them MJ flu games, but um, – he certainly is getting his Matt Hassel back on, okay? Uh, he was set up on IVs earlier in the week, but pretty much in the pre-show he said, Coach, I'm here. Play me as much as you need to. I'm here. I'm here. So, JP, <laughs> good to have you, man. Hey, thanks wing, for having me, sir. On the other wing, for our faithful RSG guys, RSG Real Sports Guys fans, the folks that were downloading the show before you could get it right on your phone. Okay, back in 2010, you wanted to download the show on iTunes. You had to do it on your computer. Okay, you really couldn't get it right on your iPhone. You know, um, you all remember my man Hank Davis, former co-host of Inside the Park with Mike and RJ. Um, Hank, happy to have you, man. How you doing? Man, look, it's it's so good to be here. You know what? And in, in the month of October, which is sports fan nirvana, man, I am so glad to be here. What better time of the year can it be when you've got baseball, football, hockey, basketball, college football, college basketball starting up all in the same month? You know, I'm I'm so excited to be here, to be back with you guys, to be able to talk a little bit of sports, talk a little bit of trash, and have a lot of fun. Okay. All right, I hear you, Hank. So, Really, between Justin and Hank, you had the two wild cards of RSG. Um, as I told these cats in the back room, you know, I was, I, you know, it was like hopscotch trying to get a word in with these cats. I told them, I said, listen, I'm just here to toss up the ball. I'm going to get the heck out of the way for y'all tonight. Um, <laughs> but, Hank, while we have you on the phone, we're going to give you a minute or two to talk about what's going on in the baseball playoffs. Uh, specifically, I want to get your take on what went on with the Chase Utley slide and uh, my man breaking his leg and Utley getting suspended and the appeal. What are your thoughts on that whole situation? Well, I'll tell you, um, when I saw that, when I initially saw that, I, I, as a baseball player, I didn't see anything wrong with it because that's old school baseball. Okay, you are taught as a base runner to take out the second baseman or who's ever doing the pivot throw to um, break up the double play. And this is this is playoff baseball. This is playoff baseball. Now, the the rule is supposed to be that if you can reach the base, 
which if you look at that, if you look at any uh, highlights of that, Chase Utley was able to reach the base. And he took out Tejada. Unfortunately, he broke his leg. And so I think that uh, in regards to suspending uh, Chase Utley, I don't think that's right. Now, you know, um, I understand what a lot of fans saying there, we got to protect the players, so forth, so on, blah, blah, blah. But this is playoff baseball. This is what you do. You know, you're going to play a little harder. You're going to go a little harder. You go back five, ten years ago, you'll see the same kind of play. I don't I don't really believe that the, uh, in my opinion, I don't believe that the suspension is warranted. I really don't. I think it's hard baseball. If you're going to do something, you know, I don't. I really don't know what you do. I think Joe Torrey, you know, coming out and suspending um, Chase Utley is something that's unprecedented, you know, on something like that. It wasn't a dirty play. It was a hard play. There was a play several years ago involving the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, and I think uh, Matt Holliday, you know, almost destroyed the second baseman of the team. I can't uh, remember right now. He wasn't suspended because it, 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 it's hard baseball. It's playoff baseball. And if you're going to tell the guys now to play nice and play off baseball, then that's going to make it hard for the players as well as the fans to even look at. Like I say, I think it was unfortunate, but I don't think that I don't believe the suspension was warranted. Now, JP, I know you got a take. What is it? You know what? I I I, I ride with Chase Utley. He did what he had to do to break up the double play. I'm right. thinking it may be Joe Torrey. He may be a little uh, a little salty because of his exit from the Dodgers. Nobody, I haven't heard anybody in mainstream media bring up the fact that Joe Torre had a had a raw deal exit from that organization, and he may be causing payback with that two game suspension because he still has some uh, unwarranted feelings towards that organization. But Chase Utley was playing hard, and I believe that it was a fair play. It's how I was taught to play the game as a young kid, and it's it's how I believe every baseball player should play the game, which is hard. I agree with you, you know, just to kind of echo those sentiments and to also say that, you know, uh, you think about Joe Torre and and you, you brought up how he exited the Dodgers, but you also got to understand the area in which he played too. Now, if you don't know, Joe Torre was a pretty damn good ball player with the Cardinals. Yeah. And, you know, back in the day where, you know, they played chin music, where, you know, the, the pitcher threw the ball at your head, where you went in spikes high. You know, so I just think that's soft on his part, especially during the playoffs. He wants to suspend Chase Utley during the playoffs, which I think is just wrong. I think that's wrong. Yeah, this suspension I don't really get because the appeal, they just said it today or last night, the appeal's not happening until next week, next Monday. So, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the appeal hearing, I guess I should say. So Utley is actually eligible to play until then, and uh, you know I I don't really get that whole situation, but I'm I'm glad Hank, uh, you could kind of let us know what your thoughts was on that as well as you, JP. Let's jump into the show and let's kick it off with a funky editorial. Fellas, the one thing we need to say, shall we say it, y'all? Melvin, Jimmy, Coleman, Ryan, sit. Everybody want to get funky one more time. You know, the part that always gets me with that is when James Brown says, Jimmy, Melvin, Clive. I love it. (laughs) Um, All right, so let's jump into the NFL here. We are approximately a third into the season. Uh, Most teams have played five games so far. And we have a host of teams that are doing much, much better than 
a lot of the pundits had expected. Specifically, we have five, actually six teams that are undefeated, plus you have Arizona who's at 4-1 and one and on top of the West in the NFC. Um, fellas, we're going to put on our genie hats and predict some stuff here. Right now the Packers are undefeated, the Patriots are undefeated, the Bengals, I'm going to say that three times because I'm kind of in shock with that one. The Bengals, the Bengals, the Bengals are undefeated. The Panthers, the Broncos, um, and as I mentioned, Arizona's 4-1. And, and I think it's one more team that's undefeated. I can't really remember who it is, but, uh, Justin, I'm going to give you the first question because I'm sure you can remember who this sixth team is who is undefeated. Um, which which of the undefeated teams would you put your money on to make the Super Bowl right now? Well, first and foremost, don't you dare disrespect my dirty birds. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we we are five and zero, and we mean it. We we are winning. The Atlanta Falcons are winning, playing playing diverse football with the with the dynamic running back and Devontae Freeman. With 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 a quarterback Monty Ice who who's top five in the league in my in my opinion, and and the number one uh, running back and uh, wide receiver in Julio Jones. So let's not forget about them. However, as much as I want to say they are the most prime team that's undefeated that's going to go all the way, I just can't do it. I can't believe in them. We rank twenty twenty seventh against the pass in, in defense, and I, I don't think that's a stat that's going to win you any football games in the, down the stretch. Um, however, I do believe in us as a playoff team, and I think we could get to the uh, uh, to the division championship. So that said, I got the Patriots, man, the defending champions. You know, modern day dynasty. How can you does go wrong with that ball? Does it pain you to say that? I mean, does that pain you to say that the Patriots? You know what? It doesn't pay me at all, Phil. It doesn't pay me at all. I like Tom Brady, Michigan man, uh, 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 homegrown in San Mateo, California, made his way to Michigan, six-round draft pick. I love his story. Blue-collar, hard-working guy. You know, I think he got a raw deal with this whole deflate gate and and, and, and him trying to, uh, you know, uh, disseminate this man's character. I I really wish the best for him, and I hope he goes back-to-back, just like Drake. So, I got the Patriots as the most uh, viable uh, contender to be uh, undefeated at the end of the year, followed by the Packers, followed by the Broncos, and then number four, my Falcons. I think the Falcons are fool's gold, man. I just got to put that out there. You know, they – and I know this team only has seven or eight players. Um, that are still on the roster from three years ago, or maybe it was four years ago when they started 5 0. Man, they just, I don't know, the Falcons, I don't know if it's a brand of ball that just does not translate to championships. So think about the Warriors and the Phoenix Suns. And, and before the Warriors won, you know, a lot of people were uncomfortable with, with the style they played because. You couldn't reach out to one or two teams who had won championships that way. To me, I have a hard time with the Falcons because, you know, Julio Jones, in my opinion, is one of the most talented guys in the NFL. Like when you think about four or five guys in the league that can bust out and get you 200 yards on any given week, a couple of touchdowns, it maybe gets shut down for the first three quarters but can blow up and still get 150 yards in the quarter. Julio is one of those guys. 
But I feel like in the playoffs, especially when you have a week to just focus on that one team or even two weeks or some situations, I feel like teams can really scheme against Julio. And with with Roddy kind of declining and they're not really having a second receiver right now that's solid, I mean, you can argue Hankerson is, I just really have a hard time with their offense so far. So let me ask you this question then. Who orchestrated – who, who, what wins championships in these four? Defense. That's the question. Defense. Who orchestrated Seattle's defense from their Super Bowl team, their their Super Bowl championship winning team two years ago? Oh, the head coach. Of the head Falcons. coach. Who happens to be Dan Quinn? Who happened to orchestrate yes. last year's Super Bowl uh, contending team in, in Seattle? Our defense is playing with a new energy. Okay, we we may not be defending the pass like we want to be, but the energy is different. We're top five in energy and effort plays, and we're we're going going after the football. We're causing turnovers, and that's what's going to elevate us that we didn't have under under Coach Smitty last year. Okay, we got one of the top five offenses in the game, and Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Hankerson is a, is a great number two. Uh, we go to him every third down play, and he's 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 a, he's a close to eighty percent conversion rate on third downs this year. Okay, you got teams double and triple team in Julio, which allows Devontae Freeman, who arguably is the MVP of the league right now with eight touchdowns in five games, and he only had ten snaps in the first game. So really he's played four whole games, and he's got eight touchdowns. You do the math. That's two touchdowns a game from a guy, Devontae Freeman, who nobody expected to have an Adrian Peterson-like year. Atlanta Falcons are for real, and you need to pay them the homage that they do. How many regular season games do you think Julio played this year? He's played all five. By the end of the season, how many regular season games do you think Julio will play? Depends on if we go 12-0 and or not. We're going to start sitting him down the stretch because based on our schedule, we only got two 500 teams left to go against. And I believe that we could very well be undefeated come, come week 12 or 13, and we'll sit him down a couple just to get him fresh for the playoffs. And I'm not being a homer right, here. Uh, you look at look at all the uh, an- analysts out there looking at the schedule. You know, we got a tough game against the Colts, uh, 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 November 22nd. You know, we got uh, Carolina twice in in December and in the first week in January. But other than that, we don't have a single 500 team left. We beat all those guys already. So before I pull in Hank to get his opinion on the on the Dirty Birds, I got to ask you this question. I'm gonna ask it a different way. Um, how many games? Regular season games this season, do you think Julio will be available for? All of them. I have no reason to believe he won't be. He played with – he's battling through a – If Julio's available for 16 – if he's available for 16 games, I think the Falcons can go to the Super Bowl. However, I bet he doesn't – I bet he's not available for more than 12 or 13 games this year. What are you basing that on? Are you, like you, you're 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 guesstimating injury? You're you're predicting injury here? Yeah, man. A couple of years ago, Julio gave me a couple of gray hairs, man. At fantasy football, and I'm still ah fantasy. Available. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, <laughs> what what do you think about some dirty birds? Look, I think they're a sleeper. I think they're very much a sleeper in the NFC. 
Um, again, uh, watching them play, you know, just to make some valid points, they are playing some very good defense. And um, regardless of what you may think of Julio Jones and his and his and his health, um, uh, they they do have a veteran team. And when you look at the NFC, when you look at the NFC, uh, you can you can argue that they are probably the second best team there right now. Um, and and I think the jury is still out right now for the Arizona Arizona Cardinals. But that being said, um, I, I think that the team most likely of the five undefeated uh, to get back to the Super Bowl, I have to go with the Patriots myself. I mean, not only are the Patriots uh, undefeated, but Tom Brady's playing out of his mind. You know, if you you would think that if, if he's playing this well with deflated, with, 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 with inflated balls, and they felt that they had to suspend him for deflated balls, it would seem to be there. It might be in the best interest of the NFL to let him play with deflated balls because he's killing right now. You know, and I just think that when you look at the way their defense is playing, which is always that that big what if with the Patriots, you know they they're 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 getting it done. And then when you just look at the entire uh, AFC, you know, and, and and you ask yourself, okay, who's going to challenge that team down the stretch? When you look, you know, you 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 look at a Broncos team that's also undefeated and a Bengals team. And you have to ask yourself, do you really have? a lot of confidence that that's going to, you know, continue throughout the year? Or is that just fool's goal? You know, then you got some other less-than teams when you're looking at the Jets maybe down the road, which I have no confidence in. You know, so when you look at the Patriots, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, um, Justin. I think that they're, they're the most likely team. However, I will say this, that when you look at the Packers and what Aaron Rodgers is doing over there with, you know, with, with smoke and mirrors as far as receivers, that boy is the truth. And you know, and and uh, they're getting it done as well. But again, for this segment, I would say the Pat, the Patriots is more suited to get back to the Super Bowl. All right. So Hank Hank's got the Patriots, and Justin's got the Patriots in terms of undefeated teams that they think most likely can make it to the Super Bowl. So every year we see teams that. Um, didn't do a really good job in the early of the season, early part of the season. They're kind of going back and forth, winning the game, losing the game. And five games in, they're two and three or three and two. Right now we have a handful of teams that are three and two or two and three. The Steelers, who won a really exciting game last night. The, the Browns. <laughs> the Browns at two or three is actually overachieving, in my opinion. Uh, the Bills, the Jets, the Raiders, the Chargers, uh, the entire NFC East, uh, the Rams, the Seahawks, the Vikings, the Bears, and the Bucks. Uh, I actually misspoke saying a handful of teams. That's half the league right there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so of these three and two or two and three teams, which team, Hank, do you think has the the best chance? at the end of the season, of having an elite record of 11-plus wins? Well, look, when you say the amount of teams that you've mentioned, that just lets you know the NFL got what they're looking for, and that's parity. You don't have any yeah. really great teams. You've got just a bunch of uh, middle-of-the-road team, and I guess that keeps fan bases interested throughout the season, you know, except for, save one that's uh, out here where I'm at, but we don't call that an NFL team anymore. But anyway, to get back to our question, 
You know, when I look at these teams, <laughs> there, there, there's a couple of them that really intrigue me. They really intrigue me, you know. I'm looking at the Rams, and and there's something about that Rams team that, that, that I like. You know, they, they got some dog in them. The record is, is mediocre at this time. But I would be remiss if I didn't mention the Seattle Seahawks. I can't see the Seahawks staying, is, and, and they lost a brutal one this Sunday, you know, that, that was so un-Seahawk-like. In fact, the last two games, even the one on Monday night, wasn't reminiscent of what well, of what we what we're used to with the Seattle team. But until you know this season is over, you know, again, just being in the middle of the pack doesn't mean anything. I I, I can't go away from that. I know that uh, Marshawn Lynch has been out for a little while. We have to see what that what that injury is going to do. But I just can't see that team you know folding in the tents this soon. You know, I I I think that you just got to got to be patient. So if I got to really take a pick. I'd have to look at them and, and hang on and see what happens with their team right now. So I would have to say the Seahawks. The Seahawks. Um, so Hank says the Seahawks has a chance to win 11-plus games, even though they're kind of struggling at the beginning of the season. Now, we're going to take a, a quick break from what we're talking about right now because, Hank, you brought up the Detroit Lions. <laughs> and when I was prepping for the show – I said, well, let me see. Okay, we, we have all these teams that are undefeated. Let me see how many teams haven't won a game yet. And to my surprise, there's only been one team, and that's the Detroit Lions. And further, in the back room before the show, we had an interesting conversation about Sam Bradford and Matt, Matthew Stafford. And uh, I – you know, I'm actually going to walk the dog right now and let you two guys kind of have it out because you all had opposing opinions on Matthew Stafford. Uh, Justin, what kind of ball player do you think Matthew Stafford is? Well, I, I don't want to place all of the Lions' woes on Matt Stafford, okay? First and foremost, they lost some key players on the defensive side of the ball in Sue and Farley. Uh, which I think is is indicative of their 0-5 record. I think Megatron's lost not just one, not just two, but probably three steps once they paid that man, that that, mega, that Megatron contract, <laughs> which now he's lost that name, Megatron. He's Calvin Johnson from here on out. Right. Okay, I, I think those things have more to do with the Lions' losses than Matt Stafford. Now, Matt Stafford has been – He's been abominable this this season. He's been <laughs> arguably the worst quarterback in the league, other than Nick Foles in, in St. Louis, which is why I, I, I disagree with my man Hank's statements about the Rams being contenders, uh, which he, he mentioned previously, but we won't go there. Um, <laughs> Matt Stafford is a better quarterback than Sam Bradford. However, neither one of them are very good. Okay, they're 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 average quarterbacks. Uh, you know, I, I give uh, Matt Stafford top fifteen. You know, probably at the fifteen mark, maybe sixteen, seventeen. Um, his completion percentage is not good this year. He's throwing some bad balls. Uh, he's trusting Calvin Johnson a little too much, and because Calvin lost that step and his blind faith in him, I think that's why he's throwing those interceptions. Uh, I watched him a lot at, at Georgia, and I think. I think he has the tools to be successful. I think he he, he throws a good a, a, a good uh, you know twenty yard ball, but he doesn't throw a good deep ball. 
But at the end of the day, the Lions either need to figure it out with this guy or get rid of him because you can't bench him in the middle of a game like they did last week and, and think they're going to keep the momentum going. They may be trying to, you know, get the first-round draft pick for, what, the fifth time in this decade? <laughs> now, Hank, you are a Lions fan through and through, I believe. Uh, in the back room, we were talking. Uh, Matthew Stafford was the first overall pick taken in the 2009 draft, and you made a statement that that was only because Sam Bradford decided not to come out. Um, so tell me. Since Stafford's been in the league, do you think that the Lions would have been better had they had they had Sam Bradford as their quarterback? Well, let me let me say this, okay? Yeah. That uh, as far as uh, my man Justin is concerned, I, I watched I watched him in Georgia too. I'm talking about Matthew Stafford, and I thought he was as inconsistent in Georgia, at Georgia, making the same bad mistakes as he's made in his seven years as an NFL pro. So when I said that uh, uh, we would have been better off with Sam Bradford, now, now keep in mind, this is before Sam Bradford became the China Dow that he is. He was the most <laughs> sought-after uh, quarterback out of college at the same time as Matthew Stafford. He chose to stay at Oklahoma for one more year. And many said that he chose to do that so he would not get drafted by your Detroit Lions. Now, let's go on to what we talk about. You said you think that, uh, you know, Justin said that, you know, a lot of the woes that the Detroit Lions have this year uh, should not fall on Matthew Stafford. And I'm going to vehemently disagree with you because um, one of the things that the Detroit, Detroit Lions did as a management, as a team, which, you know, we don't even have to talk about that, you know. I can get a couple of high school principals to run that team better than the Detroit Lions front office, but I digress. But the fact of the matter is is that they wasted high draft picks to try to mask the inconsistencies of this of, of this uh quarterback. They went they had Calvin Johnson. Okay, and so don't don't get it twisted that as Calvin Johnson's skills have diminished that Matthew Stafford has become inherently worse. They go and get a golden take. They waste a draft pick on tight ends so that he can have outlets. And all these different offensive weapons to bring around him to try to bring him up, you know, at the expense of of making good, sound defensive picks. So you want to blame the um, you want to blame the the front office, fine. But they're doing that why? Because of Matthew Stafford. I think when you look at the demise of the Detroit Lions and 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 it was the defense that got them into the playoffs last year. Your Indomitian Sue's, your Nick Fairleys, and and Terrell Austin, the defensive coordinator, and a healthy um, um, DeAndre Levy. I mean, they, they're not here. They're, they're not. They, they, Levy's been hurt all year. Okay, so that's the defensive side. But but make no mistake about it. When you look at your Tom Brady, and believe me, I'm not comparing him to Tom Brady or or uh, Aaron Rodgers or even an Andrew Luck, who don't have anybody but him. But those quarterbacks was able to will their teams to wins and victories. Where Matt Stafford, I have watched with these own two eyes at uh, Ford Field. I have watched him snatch victory. I mean, a, a defeat from the jaws of victory. Okay, I've watched him do it time and time again. It's maddening as anybody who calls themselves a NFL lover uh, in, 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 the, in the state of Michigan. We've got to find a secondary team. As long as he's been here, you know, he came in here with the idea to be, you know, the savior as far as from the quarterback position to get us to a playoff. He's, he, he's horrible. And, and, and if you ask any casual Lions fan, even those who liked him, 
you know. They've changed coordinators and everything else. He has been the one constant, you know, him and the ownership of the Detroit Lions. Uh, Hank, that's a bit harsh. You you called the man <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I understand. I, you know, I, honestly, I think I've cleaned it up. See, here's the thing, guys. You're not here. <laughs> And if you're not here, if you listen, okay, let me let me let me tell you what's going on around here, okay? This week, this coming Saturday, okay, Michigan is playing Michigan State, okay? It is it is a highly, you know, anticipated game. You got Jim Harbaugh with his first Michigan State game around here, and you got Lions fans, all right, that are that are hanging uh this and, and I understand it's Halloween season, but are hanging, you know, Matthew Stafford dummies in effigy. They cannot stand this. They are they are sick of it. They're ready to to take everybody out, you know. And it, and it's hilarious because as they talk about the Detroit Lions around here for weeks on on sports radio, and they're sick of it. And some of the things that they say, I'm not going to say on the air. So I think I'm being quite hot, quite kind and and not nearly harsh. You called the man horrible, Hank. <laughs> and, and he's not he's he's not horrible. But let me say this: Look about, at Tony um, Romo. How about dumpster fire? How about all these different? What about well, apocalyptic? These are some of the things that people are saying around here. But look at what the Lions are used to, Hank. Who have you had previously that's better than Matthew Stafford? And to 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 further my point, look at your offensive line. Like Matthew Stafford is Tony Romo. You know, ten years ago, Tony Romo, until he got an offensive line, he 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 was Matthew Stafford. The Lions need to quit yeah, focusing on getting wide receivers with every first round draft pick. They need to quit focusing on getting Eric Ebrams from UNC with the number ten overall pick and get some offensive line help to help a guy who has the arm and the accuracy of a Matt Stafford, just to help him develop and be able to have some time in the pocket to throw the football. Don't Matthew blame Stafford. everything on Matthew Stafford, man, because, trust me, he's better than anything you ever had. And when he goes away, you may see 0-16 coming once again. Well, we're, we're pretty close this year with him. <laughs> <laughs> I can't argue that. Next NFL topic, Phil T. And guess what? He plays with him. <laughs> and they fixed him this week. Uh, You listen to the real sports guys at realsportsguys.com. Uh, we got Hank Davis in the studio this week, sitting there for D Wills, and we got Justin Page sitting there for the game changer. Um, and we're talking NFL. We just finished up week five. We headed into week six, and we having a spirited, a spirited conversation about the Detroit Lions, Matthew Stafford, and Sam Bradford. We're gonna keep it moving though. Uh, NFL, third through the season, who's your MVP so far in the season? We'll start with you, Hank. Well, you know it's got to be a quarterback. I'm going to go off the – I'm going to go from the obvious, and I'm going to say Aaron Rodgers. And I'm saying Aaron Rodgers because uh, after, after Jordy Nelson got hurt, you know, it was like, who's he going to throw the ball to? Who's he going to throw the ball to? And guess what? He hasn't missed a beat. And he is yeah. flat-out clowning. He's balling. And, 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 and Green Bay is the undisputed, you know, uh, leader in, in the uh, 
in the clubhouse right now in the NFC North. They're going to run away with it. Uh, and and uh, partially, they got a they got a great team, but he's partially, you know, he, he's very much a part of that. So, absolutely, Aaron Rodgers. Who's your guy, Justin? Tom Brady. Mm. I don't even think I have to defend that argument. No. <clears throat> Tom Brady. I, I, I like so Aaron Rodgers' you... pick. I'm sorry. So let me ask you both, and I'll start with you, Justin. If you're putting Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers right now in the top, would they make your top 20 quarterbacks of all time based on how they're playing right now? Tom and Brady's if so, where? Tom Brady's number time. one. Number one. Wow. Above wow. Joe Montana, above Dan Marino, above John Elway. Tom Brady is number one. Look at Super Bowl now that rings. You to look at Super Bowl rings. First and foremost, look at look at what he's had to overcome. Like other than than Boss Moss, what number one wide receiver has that man ever had? This guy makes something out of nothing every single year, year after year after year. I've never seen a quarterback with with the poise that that man has and with the ability to make something out of nothing. Uh, 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 again, go back to the Super Bowl rings. You, you can't count the man out. Yes, he's lost to Eli twice. And I put Eli high on my list, which I know you guys have a problem with. However, Tom yeah. Brady is the number one quarterback that I've ever watched play the game. I'd have to agree with Where that. Where would you put Okay, I'd Where have would to you agree with Rodgers in? I think the jury's still out on Aaron. I think I think he's 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 vastly younger than 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 Tom, so we can't put him up there just yet. I think Joe Montana's better than than uh, Aaron Rodgers. I think John Elway, Dan Marino, possibly Joe Namath. You know, there's a lot of guys. Aaron Rodgers still has to prove himself. He's got one Super Bowl ring. That's it. You know, let's 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 judge him when it's all said and done. Okay, he's great. Yeah, we we love him to death. But hell, Russell Wilson could could arguably top Aaron Rodgers eventually. He's you know he's got just as many Super Bowl appearances. So let's just let's wait on Aaron Rodgers until his career has has, has uh, manifested. But for right now, Tom Brady is the best quarterback we've ever watched play the game football. No, let me echo that about just a little bit too, because I want to I want to just chime in on that a bit too, because because a lot of times you know folks will say, well, you know, he played with some great teams or he has some great weapons, but like Justin said, he didn't have any wide receivers that you could talk about outside of Randy Moss. He he made wide receivers. He did that on his own. Tom Brady, as the as the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots, has won at least has won ten games every year he's played. Okay, he's gone to uh, six Super Bowls, won four, and the two you could argue was not his fault that they lost. Okay, yeah. you you they lost one game on a fluke catch by David Tyree, which got them down, which they should which the defense let it get away. And then the the other one that they lost, um, the the wide receiver, flat out dropped a touchdown pass. Okay, and and they, so he would have had five. So he so that so that alone, when you look at what Joe Montana had and the and the Hall of Famers around him, and your Terry Bradshaw's and the Hall of Famers around him, and then you look at Tom Brady's and what who can you call a Hall of Famer around him? He is argued he is the best quarterback bar none. You know, and and uh, when you talk about Aaron Rodgers, 
again, Aaron Rodgers, the jury is out on him. There are a lot of quarterbacks. Even even Brett Favre, you can put ahead of Aaron Rodgers right now. But he's playing out of his mind right now. I disagree with that. I, I take Aaron Rodgers over Brett Favre. Brett Favre, he led the league in interceptions. Uh, year year after year, let's not let's not do that. Um, but you know, but that's one thing we can disagree about. Because Hank, I feel like we've agreed on everything this show. We both had the Patriots. We both had Tom Brady. I'm, I'm supposed to be to the contrarian in the group. I'm supposed <laughs> to be the contrarian in the group, and we're agreeing on everything. This is not normal for RSG. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. We're, 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 there's still a lot of show left. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Um, so, if you're looking at MVPs that are not quarterback, uh, Hank, who would you say so far this season would be your N- MVP, your your non-quarterback MVP? That's a tough one. That's yeah. a tough one. But 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 I'm going to tell you who I would go with, and I know that this 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 young man won't garner any MVP votes, but he should if he was used right. And I'm going to go with Le'Veon Bell. Uh, Le'Veon Bell uh, really is the offense right now for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, he's an amazing back. They don't use this young man nearly enough. He's, he, he won the game for him the other night. But uh, they've lost a couple of games because they don't use Le'Veon Bell. I had the opportunity to actually go and see the Ravens and the Steelers uh, last Thursday night up in Hines, at Heinz Field. And that was a game the um, Steelers gave away simply because they wouldn't use the best weapon that they had, okay? Uh, to me, looking at him and, and, and just when you look at him and the other running backs or the other, other players right now, uh, Le'Veon Bell is, 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 is very much underrated. And, and again, if, if the Steelers are going to do anything, he's going to be their MVP. What do you say, Paige? I say I respect Hank, Hank's opinion. However, I disagree only because he's only played three games. You can't give an MVP. You can't give the MVP to a guy who's only played less than than, than a third of the, of the team's games. Okay, if you look at D'Angelo well, he Williams, five games. they played five <laughs> games exactly. So he's played three. That, 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 that Williams, means he's played more than half the season. D'Angelo Williams <laughs> had the same same average yards per carry as Le'Veon Bell. That man got me Strong 26 point. fantasy points in week two. D'Angelo Williams did Strong the same point. thing that Le'Veon Bell is doing. Therefore, that offensive line that tells me that the offensive line is really carrying the load in in, in Pittsburgh. All right, so I'm gonna go with a guy who's been doing it all season long in in Devontae Freeman. De- Devontae Freeman has, has more than double. Uh, the, 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 uh, <laughs> hold on now, hold on. Don't, don't discredit me. I got Justin. stats to back it up. The man's got eight touchdowns. He's got eight touchdowns in in the last four games. He averages twenty plus fantasy points per game, and he averages uh, more than a uh, hundred yards per game. How could you not give it to a guy that's with a five and O team? What are the Steelers? You want to give it to Le'Veon Bell, who's on a, what is it, two and three, three and two Steelers team, as opposed to a guy who's doing the same numbers and played the majority of the season on a five and O team? 
<laughs> How could you not give it to Devontae over 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 Le'Veon Bell? Who who was suspended for 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 for, for uh, 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 things he shouldn't have in his system? <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> I'm I'm, a, I'm big on I'm a character guy. I can't give a I can't give a guy an MVP award. He's got no character. He's missed games. You can't you can't say character and NFL in the same sentence. Now you might as well stop that uh, talk right there, right I, now. I absolutely can. Devontae's got a clean slate. That's as clean as you know. Okay. Hey, until it, it comes out, come let's out. not condemn the man. I'm not until it comes out, let's I'm... not condemn him. But I do know he's got eight <laughs> touchdowns. I know he's got eight touchdowns in four games. And you can't tell me that Le'Veon does the same. The man has re- re- resurrected this franchise. Coming out, of, I, I, he won a championship in Florida State. He's five and zero with the with the Atlanta Falcons. Why shouldn't he be the MVP over Le'Veon Bell at this point in time? He's played every game. Has Le'Veon done that? Does Le'Veon have eight touchdowns? Does Le'Veon average over one hundred yards a game? Last night, last, last night, one game, game winner, one game, game winner, one game. Who drove him down the field? Mike Vick, an uh. ex Atlanta Falcon. Come on, come on, Hank. Be objective here, sir. Now, okay. a- ask me Ask me after 16 games in, <laughs> Le'Veon Bell may be the guy. But right now, you got to give it to Devontae Freeman. No comment. <laughs> Phil T., can you please be the voice of reason, sir? Well, I will say that, that you do raise a strong point regarding Le'Veon Bell that you had D'Angelo Williams putting up all-pro numbers in the two weeks that Bell was gone. And Devon and Mark, will t- uh, Game Changer, will tell you that. You think I've been done wrong by Julio Jones, man. Oh, man. Uh, that Williams guy that was in Carolina, D'Angelo, oh, my goodness. That dude I do not like, stuff I do not like. <laughs> but I will say, I will say that, that's a strong point saying that, hey, Le'Veon, like his backup was to put, like was able to put up some kind of numbers while he was gone. Uh, Hank, right. you got to have a comeback to that. No, you, you're absolutely right. Now, now they, they did, the offensive line was playing well. However, you know, I am saying again, now, now, now Justin said a whole lot about Michael Vick. Now, that's only because uh that that that's the way they want to run that offense and and it almost have cost them trying to use an agent Michael Vick okay if you're going to lean now, now now if you want to go strictly by the numbers now I'm just talking about the eyeball test all right now if you're going to talk about uh what is going on uh in Atlanta you can absolutely say that a more healthier team that's, that's got a more complete team all right I'm talking about this where where you pretty much are down to your running game because you don't have a Roethlisberger. you do have an agent michael vick okay and i and, and I'm speaking objectively here, yeah, you're absolutely right he put up good numbers, but then again you you got your workhorse back back there you got to and I said, and I think I prefaced this by saying they don't use him right, they don't use him right, okay, because if they use him right, then he is putting up the same numbers as the other as as the back aforementioned with the Atlanta Falcons. Hank, you're telling me they don't use the guy right, but yet you're calling him an MVP. Those two things don't add up, sir. It does add up. When you look at I call him an MVP player, like I said. I said, when I, when I, I take the eyeball test here. Now, again, we're only five games in, all right? What I think of what I saw, you know, from um, the, the – Maybe I was only three games in. Huh? 
He's Maybe I'm going to play three games. Season, okay? So you're asking me right now what I, what I look at and what I see, all right? And, I, and, and I'm going to stick to that. I'm going to stick to that because, I, again, I think that when you, look, when you look at that player, when you look at what he brings to that team offensively, that, you know, in the end he, he could be their MVP outside of a quarterback. Listen to Real Sports Guys, realsportsguys.com. This Philadelphia Sports PhD. You know, I've, I've never said it out loud. That's Marcus always comes with me, that moniker. Um, so it, it feels kind of weird saying it out loud, but, you know, I'm getting more comfortable the third or fourth time I've said it. Um, so we're talking some NFL right now with Hank and Justin Page in the house. Um, we're going to have one more NFL question, then we're going to move to the NBA, given that we have Justin on the line. Uh, coaches. Coaches getting fired. Coaches getting fired right before the bye week. That is what the NFL is about nowadays in 2015. Uh, I think about Jay-Z. It was all good just a week ago. Uh, <laughs> Miami, it ain't been it ain't been all good there in a while. They got rid of Joe Philbin um, after they went to London. And during their bye week, they installed the old school tight end, Campbell. Um, that was a bit of a surprise for some. It was expected by others. Fellas, we'll start with Hank. Who else is on the chopping block? What other coach, you know, may want to have their stuff packed up and ready to go, given what happens in the next few weeks? Need you ask me? (laughs) (laughs) Ask me. Is there there a secret to anybody who's listening what I'm about to say? You know, (laughs) I'm going to say JC, and I don't mean Jesus Christ. Jim Caldwell got to go. All right. I mean, you're you're five and zero. I mean, zero and five. Now listen, you've spent all this money, all this. Time. Quite frankly, he needs to go and show some Martin Mayhew, if you ask me. Okay, I think they need to clean house right now, and then they might want to try to trade a few players and start from scratch. This is a joke up here. Okay, it's a dumpster fire. It is an embarrassment that after five games, you've got one team. That was a playoff team last year. Now, granted, let me finish. They were a playoff team last year, won 11 ball games. They start the season 0-5, okay? Your front office gets rid of, you know, cannot sign arguably the best defensive player in the league that they drafted, okay? Can't sign another player that they drafted. Don't have an answer for your for your defensive front. Has no answer for your offensive front. You've got a West Coast Offense that you're running, you everybody know what play you're going to call before you call it. You won't take the uh, range from from play calling, and I can go on and on and on. You don't have enough time in the show for me to go on about how pitiful and pathetic it is. No, you don't have to blame Brett, Matt Stafford for everything, but you're going to blame him for some of it as well as everything else. But ultimately, if this team is as as poor of a performance as they had against the Cardinals at home this this Sunday, he, he's got to go. He's got the. He, he might as well pack it up and enjoy the rest of the, the fall and the winter because he sure the hell ain't coaching. <laughs> I can't add nothing to this segment. I I I, I, I ditto <laughs> ditto <laughs> at him. <laughs> he, he took my. Right. Look, I told you we agree way too much. I, I, he took the words right out of my mouth. 
All right, we go ahead to a brief break. We'll be right back in 60 seconds. Resistance Digital Solutions. Are you tired of running to the boys in blue? Are you done with listening to sales staff trying to upsell you technology that you don't need? We've all been there. So, what did the real sports guys do? We contacted Resistance Digital Solutions for all our technology needs. They are not there to meet sales quotas or make profit margins. They simply just want to sell you what you need at a fair price. From iPads to PCs to flat screens, TVs, or intricate home theater systems, they customize every solution based on your needs. Check out their website at www.resistancedigital.com or email them at sales at resistancedigital.com for your custom technology solutions today. All right, we're back. This is the Real Sports Guys, realsportsguys.com. Shout out to our guy, LR, Larry Randall with Resistance Digital. Be sure to go check him out for all of your digital and electronic needs. Um, A shout out to Beloit College, um, where we went to school at and played ball at, uh, Devon, Marcus, and I. We, (laughs) Beloit College is Division III in Wisconsin, and we actually have a guy in the NFL this year. Um, actually, this is his third or fourth year, Derek Carrier. Uh, he was with the Raiders, then he played with Harbaugh and the 49ers. And this week, he caught a touchdown with the uh, Washington Redskins. Um, and I don't know if you noticed, J- JP, I-, I started him in our daily league. Um, a flex guy, he only costs like $19, uh, where the other tight ends cost like 7500 But uh, he got me a touchdown. But um, All right, we're back. We're going to move, transition a little bit to some NBA. Justin, I know you're getting excited over there. Um, Oh, man, you can see my face right now. The NBA season last year was one of the most exciting seasons that I can remember since Jordan was playing, um, and even the Bad Boys back in the 80s. I mean, I was into it. I watched the – so the Cavs kind of became – like become my team since the Pistons are – not very good right now. I'll just leave it at that. And, you know, seeing LeBron James emerging as one of the best players of all time um, and just what he and the Cavs did in the postseason last year. um, I mean, you know, like it's got me – I'm sitting over here just parched. I've been parched since the finals ended. Uh, Justin, I heard a little kickback from you when I said that he's one of the best players of all time. What's – What's up? You don't think LeBron's a top 15 player of all time? Whoa. Phil, this man is 2-6 and six in the finals. This man makes every great player mediocre. <laughs> when is it that we take a step back and evaluate this man other than his marketing capability and his ability to dominate the basketball. He's a great player. Don't get me wrong, but let's not get premature about this. He's not even the best small forward to ever play the game, which would be Larry Bird. Uh, I was listening to Jalen Rose the other day on on him and Zach Lowe's uh, podcast say, 
I'll take LeBron James for, for 82 games, but in the last two minutes of each of those games, substitute him for Larry Bird. Okay? <laughs> LeBron James is a great basketball player, but let's not, let's not anoint him his self-proclaimed kingness that he, that he self-proclaimed back in high school uh, uh, just yet, okay? You can't be 2-6 and six in the finals and be the king, okay? He, he's got to at least get 500 to, to get close to that status, okay? And, again, well, this is not well, a knock on LeBron. Back. He's 2-4, he's and four, right? He's lost four times. I'm, I'm right? sorry, two out, two out of six. Two out of six. Okay, he's won twice with three other Hall of Famers on those two wins, but four times he's lost. He's lost double the times that he's won in the finals. And I, I just don't want to anoint this guy too quickly, okay? He's a great ball player, love his unselfishness, but I'd argue that he's equally selfish. I know this isn't even so, this is so, not even the topic. This is not even the question you asked me, but – the way he dominates the basketball and forces guys to make plays late in the shot clock because he dribbles, you know, 10, 15 seconds out of the shot clock, that to me takes away from his greatness. He's a ball stopper just like Carmelo. He just doesn't get the knock on him because he's got the two championships in which he had to, you know, run away from, from, from Cleveland to go get. Now, Justin, I care about you. Um, I do. I've known, like, we've known each other most of our lives. Uh, when I say most, I'm talking 30-plus years. Um, so so, so I want to make sure that you heard my question uh, and make sure you stand by your comments, because I didn't say LeBron is the best ever. I said he's one of the top 15 ever to play. And I, you know, I just want to make it clear on tape that you're suggesting that that's not the case. I'd like to reserve judgment until he's finished. I'd like to evaluate saying, his total I'd like to evaluate his total body of work. Right now, I don't know that I can give him top 15, but I give him uh, I give him Hall of Fame status. But when, you, when, you, when you say the top 15 of all time, I think the jury is out on that still. I think if you want to call him one of the best of of this time, you can go along with that. But again, you know, some of the knocks on LeBron James, you know, he leaves Cleveland to go, you know, get a couple of championships on Dwayne Wade's team. Okay, now I will say this in his defense, that had his team been healthy, he beats the Warriors, in my opinion. And I wanted the Warriors to win. Whoa, whoa. No, sir. Okay, but I believe that with a healthy roster, that they probably beat that team. Okay, um, uh, that being said, I think LeBron has changed his game a little bit. I think he's changed his persona a little bit. And I think he's made himself more likable to the media and the social fan that now they want to anoint him as one of the best ever. But now you got to, but you've got some amazing NBA players over the course of some 50-odd years that you've got to figure out where you're going to slot LeBron in there at. Okay, and I think that Justin makes a valid point. The jury is still out. You can't go two and four in the finals, and then you lose two finals in which you were the man. Okay, now you got to understand that two of the finals where he got, then you can always say, well, he got Cleveland there. But um, uh, the fact is that you were the man. You were the guy, and you did not get it done. So 
that's going to always be a knock on him, just like it's a knock on Charles Barkley. But the thing about it, again, is uh, he, he's an amazing athlete. He's an amazing player. He's still very young. But I think that what will solidify him as one of the best is if he can bring a championship to Cleveland. Now, that you can say that's fair or not, but that is the case. He's got to win one where he is the man, and just like the Isaiah Thomases and the Michael Jordans and the Dwayne Wades and the Shaqs and the Kobe's, he's got to win one on his own. He's got to be the man that wins the championship. I couldn't agree with you more, Hank, but guess what? If he wins this year, it's not going to be on his own. He's got Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love. When's the last greatest player other than Magic? Nobody's going to remember in 10 years Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't see that. Kyrie Irving's going to the Hall of Fame, sir. Who? Kyrie Irving's going to the Hall of Fame. Well, that, that remains to be seen. Okay? Yeah, it does. And it, I'm, I'm he's amazing the future. Scorer, but then so is Carmelo. Okay? Carmelo is an amazing scorer, too. Okay, the thing is, is, Kyrie Irving was not there last year. All right, and, and but LeBron James is. Let me tell you something. When you think about Magic Johnson, you think about Showtime. Okay, yeah, he had Kareem. Yeah, he had Worthy. He had Michael Cooper. Okay, but you got to rem- you got to unless you are old schooler, you got to rem- you got to remind folks of Michael Cooper and Kurt Rambis, and those were some amazing cats. Okay, at the time. So what I'm saying to you is, you remember magic. You remember that these and, and for for LeBron, he's got to be the man. Now Kyrie Irving becomes a Hall of Famer because for 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 your diehards, that's great. For social fans, he's got to, for him to be the greatest. He's got to take one. He's got to get one right now. Let me let me let me let me stop you with Michael Cooper and Kurt Rammers being amazing. Okay, they were average ball players. Who <laughs> normal cats probably don't even know. Let's that, stop, stop, pump your brakes right there, Mister. They, they were amazing for that team. Okay? <laughs> they were good they were role players. Kevin Love's of the world. <laughs> Look, Michael Cooper was Josh Smith. It was a poor man's Josh Smith. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> Not when he was with the Lakers. Michael Cooper was a poor man's Josh Smith. No, 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 Smith, no, okay? no, no. Kurt Rambis was a <laughs> So I, I may have overstated the amazing for him. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Okay. But, 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 but my point is still being made, okay? When you start talking about your um, – when you start talking about the rest of the cast, all right, you, 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 you got to, you've got to have some, some household names somewhere. I know Kyrie Irving is bad. He's amazing. I've seen him take over games many times last season. But Hank, make no mistake about it. This has got to be LeBron's team. This it was is LeBron's LeBron team. to take the, take that title all by himself. I thought he did the best he could with what he had. But again, I did say that you know with a, with a full compliment, he that I think they win that. To me, my knock on LeBron is that he always needs other Hall of Famers. Whereas D Wade got his championship without a Hall of Famer. I guess Shaq's w- not a Hall of Famer. I'm sorry. I guess Shaq's not a Hall of Famer. He wasn't a Hall of Fame caliber player when he was playing with Miami. And, oh, and you have oh to, he wasn't. But he had just won four titles with the Lakers. He he was a shell of his former self, sir. Oh, but he was shell, a shell well, of well, enough that they got that they brought him to Miami to help Dwayne Wade win the championship. With all due respect. Look at Shaq's numbers in Miami and Shaq's numbers in L.A., 
Okay. Well, look at look at the Wayne Wayne's numbers with Lamar Odom in Miami, and then look at him again when he got Shaq. Which one is it? Okay, so <laughs> I, I don't even know where to go with this, PT. You 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 running the the point break, <laughs> point guard. Give us something, PT. <laughs> All I'm saying, I'm that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying, okay? He had, he had Hall of Famers, too. Hey, LeBron is hopping from team to team and, and Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer. Like, he got rid of Andrew Wiggins, which he shouldn't have, which would yield to him better results this year. And Le- LeBron, he's going about getting his championships in a way that no other athlete has ever done. Kobe stayed in one uniform and did it his his entire uh, career with the Lakers. MJ did it. All the greats do it with one team, you know. All the you know, and if they don't do it with one team, management creates the move. LeBron is, is holding management hostage, and 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 he's playing GM, and it's not quite working out. And that's the knock on LeBron. That's my well, knock on LeBron. You know, I would I would argue. Uh, against that last point that I think LeBron has really been a trailblazer um, in the regard of understanding his value and leveraging his power. I mean, if you look at the two-year deals that he's doing, one year with with, with an opt-out, in my opinion, he's holding management accountable that they need to make moves that he believes that they're uh, trying to do whatever they can to improve the team and his eyes. And I think it's tough to criticize a guy for not winning enough when he's went to six or, like, what is it, four straight finals, five straight finals he went to? Um, Yes, he lost three of them. He did. Let me put that out on the table because that is everybody's strongest argument. He lost four. It is a strong argument. It is a strong argument. But to get to five straight finals, um, to take that Cleveland Cavalier team before he went to Miami to a finals, I mean, that may be one of the worst teams to ever make a finals. And if you look at what he did in the finals this, or in the playoffs this past season, losing Kevin Love, a perennial all-star guy, losing Kyrie Irvin, you know, again, a legitimate all-star, and now you're playing with guys who, you know, may or may not be able to start on half of the other teams that made the playoffs. I mean, they're just, like, they just weren't that good. So, you know, I think LeBron also brings a certain element to the game, which I think, in my opinion, and I understand it's debatable, that makes him so special, um, is that he's so versatile. Um, Right now, if you list the top, players in each position, if you go point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center, in my opinion, and I think it's a pretty conservative one, you could list LeBron James in the top five of three to possibly four positions. Um, they're like, like, I don't believe you could list another five guys in the history of basketball that like you could say over a five-year span – they were that in that many different positions. And then when you look at what he's able to do on the defensive side of the ball as well, um, for me, that's why he's a top five player. Um, I understand that for other people, they want to hold out, you know, like you say, Justin, like his whole body of work's not done. I buy that. 
and other people may say, well, he's not quite that high. But in my opinion, um, LeBron is doing things on the court um, that, and again, my like my draw on the NBA goes back to the early 80s. That's it. I can't really speak to guys before that, and I recognize I'm losing a big, big chunk of players. Um, but but what LeBron's doing on the court is big, but what he's doing off the court to me as well is big. The voice that he has on some of these social issues, I think, is something that Mike didn't do and something Mike wasn't comfortable in doing. Um, you know, speaking out about the Trayvon Martin situation, uh, speaking out about uh, Donald Sterling. Um, you know, you look at the summer of 2010, he was leading that group of say, hey, you know what, we're going to meet, we're going to talk. Forget what people say. Forget what management says. We're going to do things our way, and we're going to take control and take ownership of our careers. And I think if you look back 20 years from now, that that may be a turning point of players really taking more ownership and really understanding their values, uh, value to an organization versus what used to happen before. Guys would just negotiate and find the best deal. Uh, it, in my opinion, when you collectively take all that together, um, I'm I'm just in awe with what LeBron has accomplished. I couldn't agree more that he's a trailblazer. However, that only works for him. It doesn't work for everybody else. Look where where it got uh, Eric Bledsoe in the doghouse with the Phoenix Suns that had to take a bad contract to get out. Look at where where it's getting Tristan Thompson trying to hold the Cavs hostage for for five years, ninety four million dollars. Okay, LeBron James is the exception, not the rule. So while he's a trailblazer and he's doing everything to give players more power, he's the only one that can achieve that that level of success and that level of power within an organization because of his greatness and his, his 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 value to an organization. Nobody else can do that. So you can't judge the entire players union off of LeBron. You have to look at the average guy in the league. And the average guy in the league can't bet on on himself on a one year deal, P T. You can't you know, Le, what LeBron is doing is hurting his peers more than it's helping them. It's empowering himself. How about if you compare? It's, it's empowering himself because he's he's a self-proclaimed king and he wants to do whatever he wants to do, but it's not helping his peers. How about if you compare LeBron historically um, to the top guys in different eras in terms of the impact that they made to the game um, and other things I spoke about? You raise a good point, you know, uh, there's only one or two LeBrons in the league right now, maybe just one in terms of that could draw that kind of demand of, like that kind of treatment. Um, but when you look historically, you know, at the Jordans and the Kareems and the Magics, you know, somebody may argue hey, uh, Magic had the first million-dollar contract. Um, but when you look historically, I just um, – I'm challenged to see players that have made that kind of impact. Um based on what LeBron's doing. Hank, let's pull you in. What are your thoughts? Listen, I think uh, LeBron is doing all that he can do to change his persona, okay? That, that, the whole move back to Cleveland, 
I think, and, and even some of the social topics, he's trying to endear himself uh, to be a more likable character. Um, and, 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 in some, and in some cases, he's succeeding with that. He, he is succeeding with that. He has turned a lot of people who just absolutely despised him into folks that can see him a little bit more humanistic, a little bit more family type of uh, of, a, of a character that, that they want to root for him and they want to cheer for him. Now, do I believe that to be a, a, a PR piece? Yeah, of course it is. It's to make more money. You know, he did sign a one-year deal and, and, you know, with an opportunity to opt out. And there was rumors that, you know, when Cleveland wasn't playing so well at the beginning of the year, that that might be exactly what he does. So so there's still a lot of distrust when it comes to LeBron James. Do you have him being that lovable character that everybody wants to see win? No. And I say that like when you look at a Magic Johnson, okay? You had a Magic Johnson when he played where everybody liked Magic. You know, it was showtime, and, and his he was charismatic off the court and everything. Um Michael Jordan was just an amazing talent. You know, you had as many people that hated him as they as they do that they loved him. But when it comes to to LeBron, that is what he has spent the entire time in Cleveland trying to do is endear himself to those people who could not stand him. You know, so he can be that face of the NBA. Now, is it? Now you're absolutely right, Justin. It's costing some of these other players trying to have that level of freedom. But that's the problem with the NBA as a whole. The superstars run the league. They can say whatever the heck they want to say and do whatever they want to do. Everybody else is held hostage to that. But that being said, you know, he is he is working very hard to become the the face of the league. And, and um, so that's that, I, I still think it's a PR ploy, which will not come to fruition until he wins a championship with Cleveland. That's the only way he's going to be able to – you know, tie up any loose ends, and anybody's going to even be remotely forget that he left in the first place. Pat Riley said Ooh. it best: "Smiling faces, hidden agendas." That describes LeBron James. <laughs> LeBron James is well said, Justin. LeBron James is a lightning rod. Um, I was making a broader point and mentioned LeBron James, and we can talk for two hours on this topic. <laughs> we can, uh, you know, and. And, again, like that just goes back to my initial point. I am so happy and excited for the NBA to be coming back. Uh, Justin, what's something that you're looking forward to upcoming season? Great segue, PT. Great segue. I want to know, can Mr. LeBron James get the Cavs to 72 wins? (laughs) Okay? (laughs) I wrote down three things, and I probably got about ten. But I want to know okay. if LeBron can get the Cavs to 72 wins. Okay? He's got the talent to do it. And I don't see any reason why they can't as, as long as everybody stays healthy. Number one. Number two, evolution of Anthony Davis, unibrow. I told Game Changer four years ago today that he was going to be the next <laughs> Tim Duncan of the league. <laughs> we got it on tape. <laughs> Game Changer reminds me every time we talk about how he was wrong and I was right. He averaged 24 and 10 last year. I want to see him take that next step. He's playing under a new coach and a new offense that opens up the, uh, opens up and spreads the floor a little bit more. He's been shooting 500 three-pointers a day in the offseason, so I want to see the evolution of Anthony Davis. I want to see Oklahoma City Thunder 
I want to see how KD and Russ mesh, given that KD's a, a free agent next year. And I want to see how him, Serge Ibaka, you know, uh, Deion Waiters, Kyle Singler, and that crew gels together. A lot of people have them as the favorite in the West. So I want to see how OKC uh, uh, gels next year. And I'm just excited about basketball, man. I mean, there's so many storylines from the Western Conference is going to be so competitive next year. So competitive. I can't. I want to see Lance yeah. Stevenson and Josh Smith with the Clippers. I want to see if James Harden can keep up the scoring pace with uh, Ty Lawson at the point guard. There's so much I'm looking forward to, and, and you know, I don't think we have enough time for me to cover it all. Quality points, Justin, and you know, you hit on one. Um, the development from Anthony Davis. You know, we saw him go from a really good player to an all-star player, and last year he made this jump to be one of the top players in the league. Hank, I want to ask you, is there anybody on your radar for this coming NBA season that you see making that jump from a good player to an all-star player or somebody making that jump from an all-star player to one of the top players in the league? I got two players. I got Jimmy Butler with the Bulls. He kind of made that leap last year to an all-star. But I think he 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 has not yet reached the ceiling. I think that with Derrick Rose's injury prone and him digressing as a ball player, I think Jimmy Butler is going to take control of the Chicago Bulls. He averaged twenty points, six rebounds, three assists last year. I, I could see that going to twenty four points, seven rebounds, and four assists next year. I think he's going to lead that team to to the second seed in the East and contend for the Eastern Conference Finals. And I think Derrick Rose is going to lead to Derrick Rose's demise in Chicago, and I think he's going to demand a trade because he's not the man. And I don't think it's going to work out well for Derrick Rose. Okay? And number two, I think John Wall is going to come into his own. I think last year is his, his double-double average of 17 points, 10 assists, second in the league in assists, was, 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 was you know, a manifestation in, in his behalf. I think he can do even more this year. I think he's going to step up on the defensive end and lead the league in steals, possibly lead the league in assists, and I think Washington is going to be a contender due to John Wall's efforts, and I think he's going to become an elite point guard in the NBA. That's Justin Page, ladies ladies and gentlemen, uh, dropping knowledge. Hank, I am uh, I'm dribbling with my left hand over to your side of the court. Uh, what's something that you're looking forward to with this upcoming NBA season? Well, you know what? Last year's playoffs were so exciting. You know, it it was it was really good to watch some good NBA basketball. You know, I absolutely loved the um the Golden State Houston series. That was a blast. That that was that was that was really exciting theater. James Harden is a is a grown man. Okay? He's a grown man and and and, and I thoroughly enjoy watching all of that. This year I'm really, you know, interested to see how does Golden State respond? How do they respond coming off a year uh, as NBA champions? Do they have the intestinal fortitude to make another run? Uh, and what does that look like? As far as James Harden, same same thing. I want to see what Houston looks like as well. Um, I, the, the whole the whole Derrick Rose thing. You know what 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 is, what, what is uh, the Bulls going to do with this guy? I mean. Outside of the injuries, he's a drama queen. If you've been listening to some of his um, comments in the paper, 
mm-hmm. you know, that, that, mm-hmm. that, that, you know, he can't feed his family or all this other kind of stuff, and I'm paraphrasing, Justin, you probably heard, but it's just stupid for somebody who, who's been injured as much as he got. Not, I can't wait to get back with my team or something. He, he just sounds ghetto sometimes with some of the things he said, and I, and I, and I mean that in, in the most negative way possible because that's the way he sounds. He doesn't Preach. sound like a leader. Huh? He does like a leader of a basketball. Huh? I said preach. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, you you know, you know, when you when you when you grew up old school, when it's like, you know what, it's time to get back on the floor. It doesn't matter the injury, you know. And um, and, and this guy is is, is sitting in, on, in the background like somebody owe him something, and it just to me it just it just it, it grinds me. It one it makes me wonder on some of those injuries if he was really working it hard at all to even get back. Or is he just working just hard enough to get back? You know, just, you know, but but I can go all day on him. You know, thirdly, and no one's really touched upon it, you know, the University of Kentucky had five guys declare for the draft last year. Okay? I am really interested to see how this year's uh, rookies play. There's a lot of guys that that came into the league, guys, I'm going to tell you, I don't think it's ready. I don't think it's ready. I think it's going to really – Lead, lead to some pretty poorly played basketball early in the year, but it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, um, what what these guys what these guys look like. Uh, I'm really interested to see that. And on a local tip, do we have an NBA basketball team here in the state of Michigan? We don't have a football team, but do we have any semblance of a basketball team? I'm kind of interested to see that as well. <laughs> Great take, Hank. And then, then real quick, my last point, the 2016 NBA free agents. That's my other takeaway from the season. Phil, Phil T., sorry to, 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 to butt in real quick, but you got Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Dwight Howard, Andre Drummond, Al Horford, Bradley Beal, Paul Gasol, Dwayne Wade, Mike Conley, DeMar DeRozan, Joakim Noah, Chandler Parsons, Tim Duncan, Kobe Bryant, Al Jefferson – all free agents next year. What are these guys going to do in their contract year to either force their way to another team, uh, uh, play their way into a new contract? There's so much going on in the league today that it leads for nothing but, but joy and excitement. Let me ask this question. How many of those players yeah. that you just mentioned do you think are, are just going to wrap it up after this season? None. You don't you think you think Tim Duncan's going to come back? You think Kobe's going to come back after this year? I think Timmy D is coming back because he's going to come that close to a championship if not win one. I think Kobe's coming back with possibly the New York Knicks because he wants to play for Phil and compete for another championship with his boy Carmelo. Uh, Al Horford, who I think is one of the most underrated centers in the league. I really think all of them are coming back. I can't see any one of them retiring until they do. But oh. the top two that I mentioned were Kevin Durant and LeBron James, and I know they'll be back. Oh, of course, they're coming back. I was more or less talking about the uh, the gray beards of that group. Yeah, Kobe Bryant, <laughs> I think he's coming back as long as he stays healthy this year. Tim Duncan, as long as uh, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge is there, he can pass the torch as like David Robinson did. Uh, 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 Dirk Nowitzki, who, who's ranked number 16 on the free agent list, he may not be back. I don't see Dallas being formidable this year. Uh, yeah, I don't see Dirk coming back. But other than that, I think the top 20 free agents of next year are all going to be back next year. Okay. That's my take. Interesting. 
Very interesting. We've got one more NBA topic that we're going to get to, but before we do that, we're going to squeeze in the dogs of the week. That's still going crazy in there. And I told our players, you need to be more like a dog. We don't need a bunch of cats in here. Yeah, looking in the mirror. Do I look good? I got my extra bands on. I got my other shoes on. Be a dog. We don't need no meows. We don't need no cats. We need more dogs. Hank, who's your dog of the week? I'm going to step outside of the topics we've had just shortly before we went on uh, this evening. The Chicago Cubs beat the uh, the St. Louis Cardinals tonight 6-4 to four, to advance to the National League Championship Series. The St. Louis wow. Cardinals won over 100 games this year, had the best record in baseball. And here are the lovable Cubbies come in there, and they beat them three games to one. The Cubbies are a step away from the World Series. Congratulations. That makes the Chicago Cubs my dog of the week. Wow. Uh, Nicely said, Hank. I, I will say I grew up in Michigan, but one of my most fondest teams were the 1989 Cubs with Ryan Sandberg, um, Sutcliffe, Maddox, uh, Jerome Walton, Rookie of the Year, uh, Mark Grace, Sean Dunstan. And they made that playoff run to the NLCS and lost to Will Clark, uh, one of my most fondest teams. Justin. We need more dogs. I'll tell you this. I'm never doing a show with you again, Hank. You took my thunder. <laughs> I, I literally no. I'm looking at I'm looking at my notes right now. I got dog of the week Joe Madden. The Cubs the Cubs are in the uh, NLDS. I said uh, they haven't won the championship since 1908, and, and Joe Madden one year in. Like I I saw the Cubs here in three or four years, given Joe Madden's ability to turn a program around. You know, I could have won with Jim Harbaugh with Michigan. I could have won with the Bull in, in Florida. But I went with Joe Madden and the Cubs because of their accomplishments, and I think they're on their way to their uh, first World Series title in 1908. So, Hank, man, we've agreed way too much today. Hey, great minds think alike, brother. <laughs> Joe Madden is my dog of the week. You said the Cubs, I got Joe Madden. All right. So, so my dog of the week, guys, is Michael Cooper. Uh, uh, Justin came in and and really just hurt my heart saying that Michael Cooper was an average player. Uh, has Michael Cooper been in the news? No. Has he done anything dog-worthy? No. But I just want to mention that Michael Cooper won five chips, uh, being the sixth or seventh best player on those teams. Uh, but he was also the defensive player of the year, five-time first-team all-defensive player, as well as three additional times. He was second-team all-defense. Um, and a fun fact, according to Wikipedia, Michael Cooper is the only person to win a championship as either a coach or player in the NBA, in the WNBA, and the NBA D-League. Fun <laughs> facts. Michael Cooper. All right, let's get back to the NBA. We got one last question. We got about five minutes left in the show. Uh, I'll start with you, Hank. Uh, I know we early, we early, we early, but who do you think are the top five teams in the NBA? Wow. Yeah, we are early. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw Cleveland out there. I'm going to Cleve, I think Cleveland's one of the top. Um, I, I'm going to go back with Golden State. Uh, I'm going to say Houston. 
I'm going to say Atlanta, and I'm going to say Washington. Wow. Atlanta. Wow. We got to take that one apart. Defend Atlanta, please. Listen, it's early, okay? You threw me a curveball, okay? <laughs> you know what? Fair enough. But in hindsight, probably not Atlanta. But 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 given that you know they haven't even started playing real yet, I think that you know you 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 can you can go I honestly you know you can go with um, Oklahoma City, you can go with uh, San Antonio. I'm going off the radar a little bit, you know, going going out in the beaten path a little bit because it is so early. And uh, quite honestly, you know, have, have, I'm not I'm not Justin. I have not spent a whole lot of time looking at the NBA this early yet. You know, I usually don't get into the NBA until sometime next month. But you asked me the question, and I answered it. <laughs> Thank you. I like that in you. I like that in you. Justin, who's the top five? The well, let me start by saying, Hank, I love your number four, the Atlanta Hawks. Mm-hmm. However, as a Hawks season ticket holder since 2009, I don't have the Hawks in my top five, unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> I got the Cavs, number one, which we agree upon. I got Golden State Warriors, number two, which we agree upon. I've got the Spurs, number three, OKC, number four, and the Chicago Bulls, number five. Now, anybody could be in that number five slot. It could be the Memphis Grizzlies. It could be the Los Angeles Clippers if their chemistry holds. It could be my Atlanta Hawks if we can get some consistency from the point guard of Jeff Teague and Dennis Schroeder, which I see becoming a conflict more so than I do a benefit moving forward. Uh, it, it could be the Washington Wizards if, if John Wall evolves. Um, so it'll be quite entertaining. But, again, I can't wait for the NBA season. I got Cavs, Golden State, Spurs, OKC, and number five is up for grabs. Golden State, you know... Man, I must be getting old. I must be getting old because I was going to say that their style of play will never win an NBA championship. You know, even though I witnessed, I went to one of the finals games, I saw them celebrating win the championship, I must be getting old and really inverting the old school feeling that way that they can't get it done, even though they just did. PT, they won 67 games, man. Fifth best record in NBA history with the MVP on their team. Yeah. They had Sometimes a historical gotta... season. Don't, don't, like Bernie Mac said in the butter rim, you can't erase what they were, man. You can't erase right. what they were. Hey, we got another show in the books here. Real Sports Guys, realsportsguys.com. I want to send a shout-out to D. Wills and Marcus the Game Changer and give a hearty thank you to Hank for filling in. Uh, love having you back on, man. We got to get you on more frequently. And, Justin, we just warming up with you this year. You are NBA guys. So I want to thank both of you guys for being on. We will be back on the air in a couple of weeks. And until then... Feel free to find us on realsportsguys.com or iTunes. Later. Night.
Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.